what's going down for again 806 on a yeah, no, 37 degree Friday morning. Hey, it's Friday. You always got a little spring in your step on Friday, right? Wanting to finish strong, wanting to come home with the win. We got a little friggin' overcastness, but the sun is trying to burn through that right now. I don't know how much success it's going to have. I did see a forecast of uh, rain today and tomorrow. Disappoints me a little bit because I really want to get out carving. And I think I'm going to have to anyway because I got a bunch of Christmas orders for my cedar trees. I got at least 10 more of those that just came in. And if I put the word out, I could get, I don't know double that, triple that over the next month. I enjoy making them so as long as I have materials we're going to keep doing that. Listen, I, I really enjoy making them. So it's no trouble at all. I'll sip on a little coffee. Take in the landscape. See what today's got up its sleeve. I got a full schedule, particularly for a Friday. And uh, once again, a lot of people really like. I'll look at next week's schedule, and there will be some holes, especially Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But they fill in pretty quick. It's going to be. I've never been of the of the practice mindset where uh, I take walk-ins. You know what I mean, like. I like to have my patients regularly scheduled for their weekly or every couple weeks, whatever the fuck they're after every month. It's good for them, it's good for us, you know. Predictability. See who's coming in. I don't like, but invariably I get folks calling up, texting me, etc., trying to get in the day of, or hey, you got anything open to me? Uh, and if if all is going well on my end, then the answer is no. I, I don't have a spot for folks, but that's a good problem to have, particularly during this very trying time. But people are hurt, and they definitely need help. And you need some sort of reprieve, both musculoskeletally and just stress relief, man. So, play our role. So I have an interesting topic of conversation. I have a podcast that I'm um, about halfway through, I guess, with Joe Rogan. I did finally get on Spotify yesterday, last night, so seems good. Seems like a decent platform. Similar to YouTube for my purposes, and I guess the music's free, so you can tell what what all, the, all these uh, streaming... Entities like Spotify, YouTube, you can see where they're where they're at, right? What their plan is. They give away a lot of free shit because at some point it's not going to be, you know, it'll transform into some monthly membership or you know, something that's not unreasonable. But I mean, if at some point you got people on, uh, let's say they're paying five dollars a month. $5 a month or 
$50 a year. Most people wouldn't bat an eye at that. And these fucking streaming services be rolling in the money, you know? So, uh, I don't care, necessarily. I just, I do have Amazon Music and YouTube and now Spotify and uh, Pandora, iHeart Music, you know, radio stations. So, there's all kinds of, you can, you can see and you can feel the, the advertisements, the way that they, they get their dollars and sponsorships and also, uh, they're going to probably work on at some point a membership, small membership commitment. And if that's down the road five years or whatever, by that time they'll have built a platform and they'll have shitloads of listeners and they'll have people making these small but incremental always be money rolling in for them, so, listen, good for them, whatever, I don't really care, I'll pay for, for, to continue the Joe Rogan podcast, I'd probably have no problem paying $50 a year just for that, and if the music is great and other bells and whistles, then awesome, but that's not the topic of discussion, so, let's see, it's about men, though I had uh, two women come in, in span of a few days difference, and uh, the one, the, both of them are very intelligent, and the first one was making a remark about guy, men, or sound like she might have had an issue at work, with some guys that are walking around strutting, they gotta be all tough, and they gotta always like go through this whole act about you know, dominance, and so on and so forth. And she seemed to be kind of complaining about it, like men... And look, maybe I was too a little bit. We've talked a little bit about toxic masculinity, that uh, that notion, that, that entity where men feel so programmed to be, like to be that alpha male. That was what I wanted my entire life based upon my father and his size and his deep voice and his manliness. He was a fucking man shake your hand off, you know, he could cook, he could work on mechanical things, he cursed and sweared, he, you know, we spent a lot of time camping and stuff like that, so he knew about all these things, he knew how to do shit, and, uh, that man, like, he would go to work, he'd bust his ass, and he'd come home and suck on a beer, maybe a six-pack a night, sometimes more, I'm sure, and he, uh, but that's what guys did. Busted their ass and they came home and they put their feet up and they watched a couple hours of TV or whatever they did. And on the weekends, they would relax. Maybe if they worked hard enough, they'd have a nice yard, maybe a pool, or some vacation time. So, uh, just that precedent set of men being manly as they should be, there's nothing to be ashamed of being manly, and so that was my quest, you know, it's to be desired to be a man, to be strong, to be capable, you can, you can provide, you can, you can uh, work or think yourself out of any um, obstacles that present themselves, you can 
you're a man. You eat a lot of food, too. You have a feast on the weekend. You're kind of like King Reginald. I'd watch movies like Conan and fucking... Conan the Barbarian and the Conan the Destroyer and all the Chuck Norris and Stallone films and things. We'd watch boxing matches and just do stuff that guys did. We'd hike, we'd whittle, we'd make things and fucking MacGyver shit. All the stuff on pop culture was like about being Clint Eastwood. You know? He's been like our version of the man, the Marlboro man, the tough guy. The father, the dad. Uh, so, this individual seemed to be complaining about that stereotype, and that in in her work, she works in pharmaceutical industry. Uh, she does see a lot of like guys walking around like roosters in a hen house, trying to feel like they really feeling competitive forces and, and walking around as though they really need to prove a lot so she thought it was a negative in, in our conversation at least that day we're talking about and we're talking about politicians and how we could use some level-headed female politicians Many times, and I, I, I feel this on the toxic masculinity note. A man, if pushed, a man if pushed, he would be. That's an instigation to a fight, and that could quickly turn toxic if they don't have somebody restraining them. And if we're out at a bar or something like that, it would usually be two or three other buddies holding them back by the arms as they leaned into it, and the more the guys. Uh, pulled back, the more the guy would try to charge forward. If you let him go, you wonder what would happen. Either he'd shoot across the room like a slingshot, or he'd go kill that person, or he wouldn't go anywhere, because they really, none of us really want conflict, right? It can be scary, it can be dangerous. So men take risks, and they like to fight, they like to win at all costs, and so it'd be cool to have a, um, a president, it'd be cool to have somebody like uh, uh Kamala Harris, I don't know about all of her policy stuff, but I don't think she's the worst case scenario. I think she's probably got some good positions and we could use to have a strong woman to temper our politicians. We need women in there because they women tend to be more reasonable in their traditional roles. They are constants. They are not aggressive. They necessarily, they can be, maybe more aggressive than that. Um, but they, there is a level-headedness, and there is a caring, uh, a caretaker sort of thing, and a, I'm going to make everything all right, and come to me if you have any problems. So mothers are fucking cooking, cleaning, homework helping, uh, come to me with your problems. We can always talk about it. You know, I'll teach you, you know, about the birds and the bees. It's usually the mother who takes all these things, does all these things because the husband's out there stereotypically in the trenches working his ass off and so on and so forth. So I think we could all agree that women are nurturers and we need more nurturing. So we agreed that guys can take it too far sometimes and, 
and I described my experiences in the Marines and how when I did all these things from the martial arts to wrestling to hunting, fishing, camping, joined the Marine Corps and did all that and did well, made it through. Um, I, re I realized once I got to the top of that hill, or as high on the hill as I wanted to be, that, all right, this is cool, you know, feel, feel good, feel strong, in charge of a bunch of guys, I know what I'm doing, uh, got some experience, I, you know, I'm succeeded in, it, in being a male, I got, I got, you know, the ladies, I got married, so I fulfilled all these things of, you know, first needs in terms of you're a cave person, where caveman, you want to fucking, uh, dominance, I exerted dominance, and I, I was able to, uh, perpetuate my species, and do all that, and it's kind of like your work is a little bit done, you do feel that, like, gotta do this, just like women might feel the, they yearn, they yearn to, um, birth a child, start a family, so there are these, um, primal urges that we have to fulfill, and I, I had fulfilled all those, and then some, and then I'm like, okay, what now, what should I do now, I guess it's a career, I guess it's a workshop at the house, you know, let me carve wood with a chainsaw, <clears throat> and it's funny, people, uh, my buddies were poking fun at a picture I took with my chainsaw, um, like a pose that I had my daughter take, me and my, um, cedar trees, and you can see that my electric chainsaw, the blade is only the bar on the chainsaw, or the thing that hangs off the front with the blade turning on it, it's 12 inches, so most chainsaws that you'll think of are really long, you know, they might be 18, 20 inches, a big one, so this is a tiny ass chainsaw, and they're like, oh, impressive saw, <laughs> and they were making fun of it, because it's like, I said it's a grower, not a shower. Because I still feel that urge. Oh, you saying I got a small dick? So, um, then the second woman, a couple days apart, she comes in yesterday. What a wonderful person. So she's a manager, been working in this company pretty much all of her working life. And she's probably in her 40s now. And has kids of her own, all that stuff. She said, oh, this, I just, this, this young man that works for me, like... I'm really having this is a tough day. I was really having some problems with him. And I said, what? I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? She was, yeah. She's like, he's just so hard on himself. Like, he, he he made a mistake or he fell short in a certain area and he really beating himself up about it. It was really, I said, listen, it's not that big a deal. Thinking, you're his manager and you're saying this. Well, if my manager was saying that, um, hey, calm down, it's going to be okay, I got your back, and I feel really good about that. So hopefully he does. But uh, she was talking about how men feel all this pressure to perform and to be the best and to not make mistakes. Which is a valuable skill. It's a valuable way to be, I think. Right? To want to try to be well and, and, uh, and do good work and be accurate and be be a valued employee or whatever the situation is and then when we don't do well we're like what oh I'm so stupid you're like a caricature like a 
uh, Chris Farley that's in Tommy Boy when he would screw something up and he'd, he'd laugh about it and he'd be like, damn, so stupid. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not because this is how people can be. And so I was very impressed by this woman maybe kind of playing a mothering role or at least a friend role. You can't get a manager better than that. Somebody who really cares about how somebody, how a worker, you know, like where their head's at and comforting them when they they don't perform well or up to their standards. Usually the manager, right, stereotypical manager is like, you suck, you know, don't do that again. You're going to get a fucking a warning or whatever. You're, you might get fired because you're not doing a good job. You're not being productive. You're not doing a... You think of the manager like that, like they're overbearing and they, they're slave drivers. So here is this, this female, great person, and she is... Uh, She's taking the opposite tack. And frankly, I thought she was going to complain about the kid. Yeah, he really can't get his job done. Well. Instead, she was trying to help the guy. And supporting him. And being there for him. And what stressed her out about the encounter was that uh, it took a lot out of her. Just trying to put wind back in the guy's sails beating himself up so much. So how nice is that? We should all wish to have managers and bosses and co-workers like that that take care of us and understand the big picture. I think it's great. So anyway, just two there's two sides to every story and uh, we need to be nurturers. We need to be kind. We need to be strong. We need to be able to kick asses and do good jobs and all that shit. But we also, um, we need to be balanced. And there's a lot of folks who are not, you know, we're not balanced out there. And so, it's not good. Let me blow some leaves here real quick. Get my heat on. Trying not to try to have fun with my Friday because I got a busy day. Serve a bunch of folks. I want to do it in style. I want to do it with the weekend in mind because it's going to be over in just a few hours. And everything's going to be okay. I'll talk to you guys in the PM, probably around 3 PM. Huh!